I realize your guys' show is for the lore, which seems like it actually for the lore, and it almost <laughs> works. You're listening to For the Lore, the podcast that delves into the craft of our favorite games, whether lore, gameplay, or game design. Joining Roger is Joe, writer from WoW Insider and World of Maticus, and Vince from Massive Nerd. Hello and welcome to For the Lore. This is Roger coming to you on Tuesday, January 24th. One day late, but that's all right. We got Joe because of it. I'm not blaming him for the day late. It actually justifiably wasn't his fault, but no, I am blaming him. Why yeah. not? It's, it's it's much more fun. It makes more sense in our world if we do. <laughs> that's okay. fine. I'll take the blame. How are you boys doing tonight? Better. <laughs> I, I, I wish I could say the same, but good enough. All right. Well. Dude, I slept for like 15 hours. I feel freaking fantastic. Shut up. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> okay, we are going to talk about some Star Wars, but we're going to talk about that a little later on. First, what? I think... Is that allowed? Yes, it is. I, I Considering the week, what was released on demo this week, I think we have to touch on Reckoning first. I mean, we've talked about this freaking game for so bloody long. We finally got the demo, and I need to know what you guys think. So we're going to start with Vince. What did you think? And you got it on the 360, right? Yes, 360 version, and wow, I, I'm very happy I pre-ordered this game, <laughs> sight unseen, because uh, I I know I'm going to be spending an awful lot of time in this world. Um, so like just right off the bat, how vibrant it is, you know, not just the the, uh, the feeling, but just the visuals of the world. Even right off the bat, when you're in that little tutorial dungeon, and you know you're in this laboratory cave underground so you rock walls dirt floors you know not much going on and yet you've got those green tubes just glowing everywhere i mean it you step out into the world and you've got all these colors and the plants and the trees it's just you have to stop for a second and just take everything in i mean i've seen so many people complaining about the visual style like oh it's too much like world of warcraft that was seven freaking years ago. We're still on that note of, you know, oh, if it's got colors in it, it must be bad. <laughs> I mean, I've been playing Skyrim for 120 fucking hours, okay? <laughs> While that game has some gorgeous vistas in it, I would love to see a color other than white. Please. <laughs> really? Well, they have gray and brown. I mean, come on. A little green if you're at the far southern edge of the map, but <laughs> I, I, I'm so happy to be playing a game with color in it. You don't... That hardly happens this generation. Okay, Joe? I'm with Vince, and it was really one of those things where it was kind of eye-opening, right? You look at it, and it is just so visually stunning. And anybody who does compare it to WoW needs to be smacked in the head. Um, it's not WoW. It is a vibrant, colorful game that doesn't have the sepia tone overlay, doesn't have the gray wash over it. It is not Assassin's Creed. It is not Skyrim. It is its own beast. And it fits perfectly with what you would expect to see from a team that's driven by 
Todd McFarlane, really. You get the you get those pops of colors, those the the veining in things, uh, just sort of how vibrant and alive the world feels just by going through it, even in that very short time that you get to play the demo. And for me, even though it was a hefty chunk of time, it felt far too short. I want more. Okay. I'm so happy that I got I pre-ordered this just like Vince. I want more time with this game. Would you play on? Uh, as far as like what, what I platform? What did I go for? Uh, three sixty. Okay. All right. I actually downloaded it twice. Well, actually, three times. <laughs> I actually got. <laughs> I had to try it all out and test it. I I got it for the three sixty. I got it for through Origin for on my laptop, and then I got it through Steam on my stronger gaming rig upstairs so again i wanted to see how well it would handle um on my gaming laptop and then as well on the more powerful rig and then i wanted to see again because we've been talking about origin and everything let's see how it runs in origin let's see how it runs in steam and, and blah 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 i did not get it on the three six on the ps3 which i was telling vince before the show i kind of wish that i had but it's two freaking gigs okay enough's enough i i did my part you know to help the isps out because i i downloaded it like i said three times um um, now I'm actually going to, I'm going to be the voice of not quite as impressed as you guys here, not with everything, but I'm not at the point having played it through a few times now where I'm thinking, God damn, I'm glad I pre-ordered this. No, I'm at a point where I'm thinking, okay, it looks very good, but I might've even waited after launch before picking it up. Not because I don't have faith in the IP because I do. I know that the questing will be fun and there's going to be a lot to it, but that it did not move me that much that I'm like, whoa, I can't wait to play this, which is what I was before. And a lot of that has to do... Now, I know that this is, again, it's a short demo, so you're kind of limited in what you can do. Like, when, when he's freaking tossed down onto the pile of corpses and wakes up there, <laughs> my dude's there, I'm like, holy crap in hell, this is going to be awesome. And it was. It was very cool. Messing around with all the little gnomes kind of stuff. Okay, that was cool. Had some fun there. I think that the manner in which you actually interact, those little cutscenes and whatnot, I wasn't digging it as much. I agree with that. I, I just did not. And maybe Star Wars is really spoiling me. That is quite possible because, I mean, we've had this kind of thing that they're using mechanic in other games before, and it didn't bother me. But yeah, for here, Dragon it's like, Age. yeah, it really isn't doing much for me at all. I didn't like the way it was set up with all of the different options. I found that on the 360, choosing your option was often clunky as well it didn't always you'd have to press several times for it to actually register and i felt that though the art style for the game as a whole was insanely beautiful great and if i'm going to make a comparison it would be to fable obviously fable 2 you see tons of fable 2 influence there um i know that todd mcfarlane wouldn't necessarily be influenced by either anybody else but you see the comparisons put it that way the color palette things like that very very much the same but when you're looking at those cutscenes where they're talking when you're doing your questing cutscene little things, people look like crap. I'm sorry, but the graphics at that point, the close-up graphics of people, wow, that was terrible. Now, it's not as bad on the PC, um, on my actual gaming rig, because the I did find that it, it does make a difference. I'm not going to blame 
origins although it might have had an impact granted i did other games and it didn't have an impact but on my gaming laptop i had to drop the settings quite a bit whereas on my um my gaming rig upstairs which is more powerful brand new video card more ram it chugged along no problem through it it looked better but even as that it wasn't it wasn't what I would expect a 2012 standalone RPG to look like. I was really fairly disappointed. It's it's got a bit of that Mass Effect face going on. That's Mass Effect that's, one, not two. Even Mass Effect two, the human faces were not not the best. Yeah, yeah, not, but not pleasant to look at. I didn't think that Mass Effect two looked as bad as this. I'll agree with you about one for sure. Yeah, I, but it kind of, kind of like they were wearing masks and stuff. Like, yeah, there wasn't enough animation in there. I, 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 I definitely see that. I agree with it. But yeah. Big overall, t- it's it's not quite a deal breaker for me. And I don't want to say that it's a deal breaker so much as it really took me out of the experience. And when you're looking at something that they are saying is going to suck you in with so much questing and lore and everything else, then when you have something like this that takes you out, then for me, it is something, and not a deal breaker, but it's like, it does curtail my really excitement about it. And I am still am looking forward to, to playing it, but not the same as what I was before, which is a little disappointing. Joe, any thoughts on the actual questing? What kind of, what did you do questing wise? Uh, to be perfectly honest, I don't remember. I was too busy just kind of killing things and exploring. Okay. I actually did a handful of quests. Um <laughs> Like starting off when you get to that first town, I went uh, and healed the the fairy chick. Right. I uh, got all the 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 recipes or whatever it was for the apothecary. I killed off one of the bandits for um, God, the warsworn. I didn't have enough time to run all the way out to the second one. Oh, I did a, a lot of quests, so I I was really liking how the world feels and looks a lot bigger than it actually is, which you get that feeling of this huge world without the feeling of having to run through the huge world. Like I, I you know, I load up my map and I was like, Oh my God, I got to go all the way over there to, to do this quest. And then like a minute later I'm there and I'm like, wow. <laughs> so that's uh, that's another plus for them. Speaking of maps, <laughs> I think that Skyrim has spoiled this maps wise. <laughs> Cause this was yeah. like, I wasn't digging this map. <laughs> it was like, Oh crap. I <laughs> Very few things compared to the Skyrim map. Yeah. Um, I did some questing as well. I didn't do obviously quite as much as you, but I did quite a bit. Uh, but I also did a lot of exploring and mm-hmm. found some caves. And and I think that that's kind of where I found it really, it was really shining through how much, how cool it feels when you're going through those caves and you're getting attacked from all sides and things like that. I, w- I was really digging that and enjoying that. I got my purple helm. That was cool. So that was fun. I also messed around with a couple of different specs. I messed around with, uh, with magic as well as I did some, some, some thieving backstabbing rogue kind of stuff. And, um, and I can see how at a higher level, the magic one would be a lot more fun because you're doing an insane amount of damage. At the lower level, I found it was a lot more just about dodging, jumping out of the way and dodging, fire off a couple things, jump out of the way, dodge. And uh, you, you have an ability where you can, you can kind of whirlwind them all into one place and then fire at them. But 
it's it's not the end all be all to catch everybody and you still wind up doing more dodging than you do actually anything else. The backstabbing rogue type bastard <laughs> is a freaking hoot. That sucker is a blast to play. All right. On the subject of combat, that's my biggest complaint about the demo. There are nine weapon types available in Reckoning. Only eight of them are in the demo. And guess which one I could not find no matter how hard I tried. I don't okay, know. fine, don't. The fucking chakrams. Oh, right. <laughs> the one weapon I want to use more than anything else in this game, and it's nowhere to be found you in know, the demo. I even I, did blacksmithing. I, I love the blacksmithing interface. Really a lot of fun there. I, I tried to craft them. I didn't have the ingredients I needed. I opened every treasure chest from here to the freaking fey worlds. No chakrams. That I, said, I wouldn't, using the, I, the, the scepter and the staff, awesome. I, I would guess, you know, I'm, I'm wondering if it wasn't intentional. To force people to use everything else, because every review or everything I'm seeing is people want to use the chakrams, want to use the chakrams, want to use the chakrams. So maybe they just didn't put it in to kind of force you to use stuff like you know staves. I actually use um, a staff for quite a while, and then I had a little scepter thing. I love how you got this little wand in your hand, and you're like a little Harry Potter thing. <laughs> but then when you're done shooting, it's like, and it's like it's like the smuggler in freaking Star Wars flicking <laughs> <laughs> the, the wand in his hand and then holstering it. And it's like, oh, that was too goddamn cool. Okay, you're not Harry Potter anymore. <laughs> but um, I did find that the staff attacks were really visually cool looking which is nice we don't have enough of that so it was visually stunning to look at and fun to do the different attacks and things like that so i was really digging it and then of course anything having to do with the daggers was a win made a win beginning to end it was awesome okay anything else i don't know i was kind of i kind of like sword play personally i thought it was kind of cool you know what i really wanted to do that because I was actually talking to my son about that because he was trying it out as well. He tried it on the PC as well. And um, and I was saying, I, I'm curious how effective, because a lot of RPGs still, their their bread and butter is still the, the sword and board. That's the one well, that is the, the trident of... And that's what I love, right? That's what I play in every fantasy game that comes out first. I always do sword and board. It tends to be what I like to do. Um, but like comparing the sword play in this to the sword play in Skyrim, which is like overhand what slash, play? forward slash, overhand slash, forward slash, it, it's so much more in depth and has so much more animation um, that it it was really just exciting. And that was kind of cool. So it makes me feel good about wanting to play a sword and board character because I'm going to have more animations than three different settings. You know, I'm not going to be forward thrust slash shield slam forward thrust slash i'm actually gonna be doing things like you know pommel strikes and you know artful artful dodges and thrusts and parries and stuff it'll it'll actually be entertaining which is good because like you said that's the bread and butter for so many games and so many games just fail at it yeah i i'm assuming you boys both went through the cards as well to see everything Mm -hmm. and then the different specs and all that i'm i'm curious how the specs are going to work and the cards are going to work in the final game because uh, it, it's not exactly what I thought it was going to be. I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm just saying it's not exactly what I was expecting. So I'm curious how it's going to play out in the actual game. I actually have a question for you, Roger. Um, and I'm sure it's actually something our listeners would be interested in. How did you find the uh, interface between the 360 and the PC version? Oh, the PC version was phenomenal. Much, much better. I, I'm i not saying that the interface for the console was bad. It just took a lot longer to do things than on the PC. The PC was much faster to do whatever you wanted to do. Okay. 
way Just better. Curious. So, yeah, and I much prefer the well, I shouldn't say that. Okay, the 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 interface in terms of uh of your your combat mechanics and things like that, though very slick and well done on the 360, I think from a traditional PC gamer, I really liked the PC version because it, it made a lot more sense to me. And so I found that it was something that as, again, as a PC RPG, RPG gamer, it was like made sense. It was great worked phenomenally. I really liked it a lot. So I, again, I initially was thinking that maybe I'd made the wrong choice. Maybe I should have gone with either a, uh, the 360 or the PS3 version. And then after playing them and especially after seeing how much, just how much better the graphics are on a, uh, on the PC it was like, okay, no, I'm, I'm glad I did the PC. Okay. So you did find also a calculator for specs and whatnot. So if folks are interested <laughs> I in that. I spent way too much time playing yeah, with that. Well, they did actually fixed up their site. They, they, actually, they weren't working at the time I sent the links out, but I was just okay. checking today and the pop-ups work now. Okay. So that's in the show notes. So if folks are interested, just check out the show notes and you'll see the link for the calculator. You can go there. They, uh, they've redesigned their site as well. And there's a lot more lore, all kinds of stuff everywhere on their site. So definitely something that you want to check out They're They're already discussing the MMO, not seriously, not serious plans and all that, but they're already referencing it more than before. And, uh, and so, yeah, we're going to be seeing, we're going to be seeing more news about that, I'm thinking, especially now that this is going to be out in a matter of weeks. We're going to be hearing more now about the MMO in the coming years, which is fantastic. Okay, let's move away from Reckoning now and touch ever so briefly on Terra, just because we're goddamn excited. <laughs> When's the release date, boys? May, May 1st. 1st. Okay, that is freaking soon. I was seriously, I know they said first quarter, but I was still expecting a summer release. Dude, May 1st? Oh, Ho oh, ho, this is going to be awesome. I'm very happy right. with that. How much Star Wars progress can I make by May 1st? <laughs> Dude, you won't even have hit 50 on one character by then. Exactly. Man, <laughs> I need... You're screwed. I'm dying to play this. And again, once, once again, and we've said it many times before, I sure as hell have. It's because I can't wait to heal in this game. And because I have not gotten my healing fix for a long, long, long time, because it was a long time in WoW that I'd given up on healing because of everything that was constantly changing and screwed up with all the healing classes and everything else. And then Star Wars sure as shit didn't fix that either, because I have been doing some healing on. Granted, they're not healing spec classes. Um, I'm playing, um, it's off heal kind of stuff, but even then it's like I can already see the mechanics of the healing in the game and I just don't like it. It's clunky, it's antiquated and I'm not digging it. So this is like, ah, oh, dudes. You guys won't have to worry about finding a healer, ever. <laughs> I'm there. For me, it's about the tanking. And I hate, and it's surprisingly enough because I want to heal and I do want to heal. I want to play my Mystic. But the idea of having the ability to physically block a mob from reaching my healer, like actually plant myself in front of it and say, you, you don't care about ask. your healer. I've played with you. Me. You don't care about your healers. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Roger. No, no, no. See, there's a difference. You were healing. See, 
I knew you could handle it. No, 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 no. Don't try to get out of this with a compliment. That ain't going to work. I was the abilities of the people that I was grouping with. That's all. No, no, no. But honestly, no, the idea of having that sort of collision while tanking is so radical to me. And I've tanked in other games, and I've tanked in a lot of games, and it's boring because I just press a button, mob comes hits me, press a button, mob comes hit me. Now the mob can be like, yeah, screw you, and try to run around me. And I actually have to get in front of it to physically block it, and that's viable. That's kind of cool to me. Oh, it is. It is. And it is something that, as we've gotten some opportunities to group together in Star Wars, which has been a freaking blast, I, I'm enjoying that as well. We did a, a run with Tart yesterday, which was just a to run her through quickly. We didn't really need any skill, <laughs> which fits for us, but it was still fun. So as we're I have doing... a third tanking button now. Though. Yeah, woohoo! <laughs> Do you know where it actually is, though? You have it on your bars. Is yep. it is it left in your you know character sheet? It's it's a shift keybind, so sometimes I get a little. Goddamn! <laughs> I was hitting control. Sorry, you did. But I am looking forward to playing this with you guys as well now because it's going to be a whole different dynamic than what we're getting in Star Wars. Like really d different dynamic. So I am very much looking forward to this, and it is because of those. The different class, and not class, or, or, or um, the different mechanics that they're putting in for your healer and for your tanks. Like, the DPS is pretty much same as, as usual. But you have to aim. Uh, yeah, it, well, it's, that's going to make a big difference, of course, too, but uh, only after a couple of drinks. But it is going to be a lot of fun to be doing something different. And so, yeah, no, very much looking forward to it. And then we got a spotlight on the Castanics as well, Vince. Yeah, just a, a cool little video, nothing really lore-wise to it, but just showing off the Castanics and, you know, their uniqueness uh, in appearance and how they approach combat. And the whole video really just boils down to that last line they put up. They had a little Castanic saying, live a life of risk and leave a trail of bodies. That's that's a very interesting way to represent your race. Okay, let's move away from that and touch on Guild Wars 2 briefly now too we did find out that yes the game is actually coming out this year it's, it's seriously dude <laughs> this is going to be the year of trying to find time is what this is going to is shaping no, up to this be it's going to be the year of joe doesn't sleep and nobody understands where he is because i don't visit my real life friends at all who needs real life friends <laughs> seriously <laughs> will help oh, and, and again this is what i love about this too is you buy the game you play for free from then on so there's no excuse for people not to pick up this game and to play it. And this game continues to show off how awesome it's going to be. There was a little write-up that was done about the ArenaNet devs talking about what are some of their favorite combos. And what we're talking about, of course, is when you're playing with somebody else and one class does something and somebody else can do another ability that interacts with that one. And... Whether it is to do an area effect damage or a lot of the healing stuff too. Like when you can work with another class to do an area of effect heal. Oh, dude, that was drop dead awesome is what that was. Or what was it, the one where you fire the barrage of arrows at your enemy and it does an AOE heal to anybody in melee range? Yes. That's crazy. There was a ton of that. So, again, that link is in the show notes as well. Bloody freaking awesome. Now, it's not just awesome because, yes, we are getting this game this year, but the betas are going to be coming out as well. Now, right now, they're talking about only the... Uh, there's going to be press betas going out in the next couple of months. Then after that, we're going to be looking at some open betas. But, duh, that's another one. I've said it before. I cannot wait. 
Just nowhere near Terra, please. We can't have that. Yeah, yeah, no. 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 Yeah, the, we have to <laughs> do some solid time with Terra first. When, when are we going to start making money off this podcast? You're really never. <laughs> and then, of course, there's we talked about Star Trek Online. And the only reason I bring this up is because a lot of people, since the that big uh, address letter that they put out, have been talking about it more now and kind of complaining about the lack of content and things like that. And it was interesting how they addressed that and they were talking about the reason that they weren't able to do much during that time is because basically... Atari had Cryptic's hands tied behind their backs and didn't understand how for an MMO, you need to retain your staff. You need to keep money pumping money into it so that you can continue to put content out. Their opinion was from a standalone game perspective, once it's done, it's done. So they went down to a skeleton staff essentially and weren't able to do that much. Now, if, if, if people are willing to, you know, give Cryptic enough leeway based on that, that they're willing to give them a little bit more faith based on the fact that they're now with perfect worlds who understands that you need to keep giving money to an MMO for it to succeed. And that again, it's going to depend on what we're going to see content wise as well. They're going to be giving away a ship very soon to, for uh, as a second year anniversary, they were talking about that, the Odyssey ship, but again, that's a ship. That's not content. That's a lot more content is needed. Whether I'm inclined to believe it or not, I'm not entirely sure, but I can definitely see this as being true. Because, yeah, so many publishers out there just don't get it. But I was almost amazed when he was talking about even before they started cutting down the staff, they only had like 30 people working on this game. Yeah. How do you make an MMO with 30 people? Well, keep in mind that Torchlight, Torchlight and Torchlight 2 only has a staff of 31. And they uh, they even said that for the scope of what they're doing... Sometimes that was pushing it. You know what I mean? So take that into account when you compare those numbers. When you have a staff of 30 working on an MMO versus a standalone game. it's oh, wow. That's insane. Not just an MMO, but what was supposed to be a AAA title. AAA, a AAA MMO, MMO title. Yes. title. And they've got 30 people. Ah! <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> so I... Um, see, Cryptic really kind of pissed me off quite a bit there and so it's 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 hard to say okay well we'll see how they'll do but that's what i want to say and and i can appreciate how atari was not in the right mindset to be taken on a freaking mmo whether perfect worlds does a better job we'll see but i sure shit hope so but again based on what they've said as well it still doesn't sound like they're planning enough content for the game Okay, let's move away from that anyways. There's no sense bitching too long about it. Um, we were also going to talk about dragons and Dungeons & Dragons Online. So, Joe, yes, you can talk about this. Yay! <laughs> All right, Dungeons & Dragons Online has been a very successful uh, free-to-play endeavor by Turbine Studios, right? Turbine has got the free-to-play MMO model down. Uh, between this and Lord of the Rings, they're doing fantastic. Well, they've announced that the first expansion to DDO is coming out, and it's Menace of the Underdark. Uh, the expansion adds fan-favorite Forgotten Realms to the current game, which is something that a lot of people were complaining about when the game was originally released, that it took place in uh, uh, the Eberron, Eberron uh, which is a campaign setting that nobody even bought the books for, go figure, um, and not Forgotten Realms, which was the ultimate heavy favorite. Uh, now it's getting put in. Uh, it's going to be focusing on the drow and the demigoddess Loth, which if anybody who's read any of the books uh, regarding Drizzt Duarden, uh, they will know that this is going to be, this is a major player in the Forgotten Realms area. And druids will be finally introduced to the game. 
um, druids have been missing. Also, one of the cool things is they're adding five epic levels for players to learn. So their level caps getting raised to 25, and they're instituting epic leveling, which previously uh, Dungeons & Dragons had a level cap of 20, and then anything above it was considered like legendary, or in this case, they're calling it epic. So it's kind of cool to see that they're taking things that made uh, 3.0 and 3.5 very successful pen and paper editions uh, and putting it into an MMO in a very smart way, especially in a game that... Well, I know that I'm going to be spending some time in the Forgotten Realms because, well, it's the freaking Forgotten Realms. And, uh, yeah, no, I, just, I think it's a really good move on their part. I was actually very surprised to hear that they're doing a full-out expansion, but very pleased at the same time. Yeah, I played around with Dungeons Dragons online when it uh, went free-to-play. I, I really enjoyed the gameplay, um, especially, you know, their little dungeon instances with the, you know, the dungeon master narrating the whole thing. I thought that was a cool touch. I had fun with it. Uh, I didn't keep going with it just because whatever. No, no, nothing against the game. I just had other stuff I was interested in. But as an uninitiated Dungeons and Dragons person, I never played pen and paper versions. Um, never had that many friends that lived close enough to do that. You could have and, stopped uh, at the never had enough friends. Fine. You didn't have oh. to keep going with the rest of the sentence. <laughs> <laughs> um, most of my knowledge of Dungeons and Dragons comes from the Salvatore books and stuff like Baldur's Gate and everything. So this is the stuff I know about Dungeons and Dragons. So hopefully it, the expansion isn't just the stuff above level 20. It adds stuff for uh, newer players to, to do as well, because that could be something that would lure me back into this game as a not full on pen and paper expert with Dungeons and Dragons. When are you going to have a, the time? They'll find time. No way. Fuck it. I'm quitting my job. Really? There's there's yeah. no time. There's just no time. <laughs> they can come to the house. They can pick it up from you while you're gaming. There's too many MMOs right now that are coming out this year. And and Star Wars is still just, just so brand new. It has that new MMO smile still. There's just no time. And then there's no, freaking... That just means you haven't taken a shower even playing so much. I, sh- I showered right before the podcast, dude. I'm clean. <laughs> your, your chair still smells. <laughs> but, okay, let's move on to Star Wars. So, because we've been playing the crap out of, well, most of us, <laughs> not Joe, but uh, we talked about this last week, how the we were going to be talking about the Sith Inquisitor, and for the end of Act well, although, actually, you know what, why don't we talk a little bit about the news first, and then we'll get into the actual lore stuff afterwards. So, because we got a little bit of more information in terms of the quote-unquote look to the future for the the game. Vince, you want to take this? All right. They started talking, uh, obviously, with the latest content update, uh, Rise of the Rack Ghouls, and how we've always been saying that this, this was such a polished content update, and there was so much that it offered. Come to find out, they've been working on this for a year now, this whole Rack Ghoul storyline, because as, as they said before, this is going to continue at least into the March update. We'll see beyond that. Uh, very, very cool to see that much effort being put into creating new content for the game cryptic <laughs> uh talking about a uh, whole bunch of stuff coming to pvp obviously new war zones rankings which is uh, very important for a lot of people out there they really got into the legacy stuff and they've really been pumping up lately that you can create this family tree from your characters and personally i've actually kind of gotten into this i i have in my head how my various characters are connected even though i've got a human a redataki i haven't decided what species my uh agent's going to be yet but it's not going to be one of those two so coming up with interesting ways that these characters are related so 
that's really engrossing me and immersing me in the game, in the world, in my characters. Really happy to see that. And as they're talking about this in the video, they are showing what looks like a Miraluka Sith warrior. Miralukas are exclusive to the Knight and the Consular, so that's possibly something we're seeing coming from Legacy, or they could have just given the dude a red lightsaber. I don't know. I, I'd guess that. Yeah, I'm guessing red lightsaber. But that that's an awful big thing to put in there. Like That's the one thing in the trailer everybody kind of latched onto, so I, I don't know. I'm hoping well, that that's a Legacy uh, feature. I, while it would be nice, I wouldn't expect that to be a Legacy feature, just because the conversation that we've had with our previous interview... Um, I don't think that that's something that they're that we're looking at quite yet. It would be nice, but yeah, maybe way later or expansion time. I I've said it before and I'll say it again, and it's something that I talked about with uh, with Tristan on the Droidcast when we talked to uh, Stephen Reed, and we were talking about the potential of being able to apply any kind of change in race or change in appearance that you would get during customer or during uh, character creation if you can do it post creation as well simply because we some of us me <laughs> and I know a lot of other people already have their eight slots full so the legacy system is supposed to be for us altaholics and yet we're going to have to delete a character to make a new one now he was saying there's the possibility as well potentially of just offering up more slots kind of thing but it was very hypothetical the way he was talking but yeah that's something that really i want to see i i'm not as jazzed about who's related to who i liked the concept of being able to marry one of your other characters that i thought that was, was kind of cool i like that you can maybe see each other on your ship or mm -hmm. in the world that from a story perspective yeah that's justifiably pretty goddamn cool i like that but otherwise mm, not as not as thrilled with the whole who's related to who, who cares okay well beyond that they also talked about uh actual other features that they're adding into the interface in the game, namely guild banks, which is very needed. And keep in mind, uh, yeah, because Joe the game... keeps freaking ninjaing everything. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> before they uh, launched the game, they, they already talked about stuff like capital ship for your guild, so working hard on that. And then they showed off UI customization, not full-on modifications, but the ability for resizing and repositioning stuff. And from what they showed in the trailer, this is not oh, in the future. They they have a working version of this already that they're using, so that part of the update might not be that far off in the future, which will make a lot of people happy. Cannot wait. Cannot freaking wait. That will be awesome. If they can I'm... allow us to also move the quick slot bars, oh, that's what I we need as well. Move, I want to be able to move character frames, move my quick slot bars, and adjust the uh, the scale, and I'll be a happy camper. I want to be able to put all four of my bars on the bottom. One spot. All on the bottom, because having to go my on my Sith Inquisitor, and I've only got a couple of really non-essential. My Sith Inquisitor at 40, level 40, her I've got one free tab or button. That's it. They're full. So it's it's just there's not enough with what there is. And then if I don't want the companion quick slot bar to cover one of my own i want to be able mm -hmm. to put all four on the bottom yeah. and then that one on the side or be able to arrange it so that it's 
instead of one long one, uh, three columns of short stack that you can put on the side or something like that. I want to be able to make those adjustments. And a lot of it also has to do with, from a healing perspective, because the healing mechanic is so clunky that you are either having to do like the, the uh, all the key bindings or whatever. But a lot of times you're clicking on the freaking, you know, avatar or the, the raid icon and then pressing the button for the heal. So I want to be able to move things so that they're close enough so that it's easy to click around and do everything that I need to do my freaking little whack-a-mole. I think it's the single greatest thing that I'm looking forward to in the future update is just being able to modify my damn UI. I haven't used a stock UI in any game possible uh, or any game or left it as they've had it if I've given the option to be able to change something, whether it's adding a mod or just positioning things like that's one thing i really enjoyed about champions online is i can move everything while it was may not have been the greatest thing the interface was actually pretty nice in that regard i would be happy if you don't want me to use an add-on fine just let me move my stuff i want to put my bars in a central location that's just from years of playing mmos in general and i want to be able to sit there and adjust my scale move my map move my chat frame you know i want to be able to put it where i want to put it and i'll be happy yeah, especially as a uh, tanking darkness spec assassin, so much of my gameplay revolves around procs and stacking buffs. I, I'd like to be able to stare at a part of the screen other than those tiny little boxes above my nameplate. So that for me is uh, the most important thing for the UI customization. Yep. All right. Anything else? Uh, that from that? It. No, nah. that was pretty much it. Yeah. All awesome, though. So it is something that we are looking forward to. Um, again, and we got this from talking to the guys as well. The, it's it's nice how it's a constant stream of putting stuff out and fixes as well. <laughs> that was the problem with patch 1.1 with Ilum. A lot of people, Oops. if you check the forums, holy crap in hell, there was some pretty <laughs> angry people. And they talked about why they are not doing a rollback on the, uh, the Valor things. It's funny because... I, one of the best quotes that I read on the forum, I think it was on the forums, it was talking about how gamers have become the most self-centered, self-involved little brats that think that the world should be handed to them and every game do exactly what they want. And that's what the forums are. And people screaming yep. that, oh my God, you've re, <laughs> best one, you've ruined PVP forever with it. <laughs> forever, people. <laughs> Ever. That's like saying in the first three weeks of WoW, well, when they introduced uh, more serious PVP, that if the, something similar had happened, that it would still have caused a huge imbalance. The, the horde would still be ruling. They kind of still do, but not because of that. I mean, Let's face it, PvP just hasn't been the same ever since they put in the Battlegrounds. I mean, yeah. it's completely ruined the game. Yeah. So th that was hilarious, but they are not doing it, and they were saying too because they, um, they're they looking at individuals that abuse the system, the, 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 the exploit, and then it wouldn't be fair to everybody else if they did a rollback because there were justifiably people like me who I wasn't on Ilum, but I was doing a whole bunch of other crap to gear out my, my tunes get them ready for level 40 because you get the gear sets at level 40. If they had rolled that back and I'd lost all that, I kind of would have been a little upset. That would have ruined PvP forever. That, for everyone. For everyone forever is what it is. I've actually been doing a lot more PvP on, um, uh, uh, granted only with the Inquisitor so far, I'm going to be taking the other others in. And I don't know just how bad you were experiencing it, Joe, when you were doing it. But I got to tell you, 
I'm getting my ass handed to me by level 15s and I'm just as much when I was in my level 20s was taken down level 50s. I think that with the bolstering system, the way that it's set up, unless someone is really well tricked out their gear, it's actually not that bad. I've actually yeah, been having a lot of fun. Right now too. And especially with the level 50s out, because at level 50, that's when they introduce expertise, which is the, the uh, PVP stat. So that's not introduced until level 50 gear. And so... That is what made some level 50 so unbelievably difficult to kill and that they were doing so well against other players. Now now that they're gone, it's not as bad. And I'm finding that when I go in with my um, my Sith Inquisitor, who I got to tell you, as a freaking sorcerer, is not the best class to play in PvP. Freaking assassins, Sith, Sith assassins, holy crap in hell. They wiped the floor with me. But... I still, on average, survive long. I mean, compared to WoW, you are fighting a lot longer before you get taken down. There's a lot more strategy involved. And if you're playing with a decent group, especially in Hutball, when you are playing Hutball and you you that the whole passing mechanic, if you're with a group that grasps that concept, <laughs> it is <laughs> yep. freaking awesome. I've been having a blast with it. See, unfortunately, I actually haven't done that much PvP yet, at least on live because while there's plenty for tanks to do in pvp it doesn't interest me that much to be in pvp at this point but you damn well better bet my sniper's gonna be living in those war zones yeah i'm gonna be taking all my tunes in there i was actually talking to tart last night because i was uh i was saying how i'd gotten all of my not all but i gotten a bunch of different gear sets and whatnot for level 40 because you get your gear sets at level 30 20 40 and then 50 and so i got in a bunch for level 40 so i was decking myself out in chem but uh and she was saying she just wanted to hold off because she was still too low and i was telling her no go in even if you're low level and it's perfect because she hadn't hit she was 17 i think so i say get all of your commendations now so that you can at level 20 have an entire gear set for you and your companion boom there you go that is equally viable in pve as it is in pvp so I, oh, dude, I've been having a blast in PvP, in in, and I've had the chance now to do all of them, and it's really a freaking blast. I really, really love it. It makes PvP in WoW look like a joke. I got to tell you seriously, most of the time in WoW PvP, I'm still frustrated to all hell. Whereas in this, even when it's going bad, I'm not frustrated. I'm still having fun. That's saying a lot. As soon as you get that cheap shot, you just step away from the keyboard for a minute because you know you're dead. <laughs> Dude, when when you see the cloaking freaking smuggler come by <laughs> with his fancy little hat and trench coat, it's like, oh, crap, here I go. I'm dead. Okay, go ahead. I, I'll just dance while you kill me. Oh, I'm sad. <laughs> okay, we are now going to talk about specifically the Sith Inquisitor store lane. Because, hey, we're a lower show, so let's talk about this. We are going to talk about what goes on till the end of Act 1 for the Sith Inquisitor and a little dabbling of afterwards as well. So if you have not played this and you don't want any spoilers, if you are going to be playing it later or if you're in the midst of it and you just don't want to know, there's going to be a chapter marker at the beginning for spoilers and then just hit your skip button and then we're going to continue afterwards because there's still a little bit of news to cover afterwards as well. So, again, if you don't want to hear what we're going to say, hit skip now. Okay, so Vince and I actually got the chance to finish it off. I finished it off uh, last week and you just finished it off a few days ago. And 
I need to know whether or not you thought it was, without going into details just yet, as epic as I thought it was. Depending on what you felt the more epic part of the ending was, uh, are we talking about the stuff with uh, Vash or what happens at later on? Well, okay, yes. I didn't think that Vash, all of a sudden, oh, she's old, eh, kind of saw that coming. But the entirety of the event, the entirety of everything, I thought it, it all went together so well, played out so beautifully, and I thought all of it was just epic. It was. At the very end of that bit, when you finally become, you know, the Lord of the Sith, that's when it hit home for me. You know, when you, you've got your apprentices and everything, that was the part uh, of the end of Act One that I felt was the more epic side of it. Now, the stuff with Vash and all that, awesome, but that was where I like I almost got that chill. And see, I'm including that, all of that. Mm -hmm. So for folks who have not played a Sith Inquisitor or don't know too much about it. Obviously you get a Lord, you're the apprentice. So you get Lord Vash who eventually becomes Darth Vash. Zash, sorry. Vash. Zash. Yeah. Wow. Zash. Vash. Zash. Anyway, Zash. Damn it. And, um, she becomes your boss and she sends you all over the place to collect a whole bunch of different stuff that she can use. She doesn't tell you that, but to, so that she can use it. And, um, and so it's it's the questing during that time is very interesting, I thought, because it sends you all over the place to collect datacrons and this and that. In the back of the, your head, though, you always know, because it's the Sith way, she's a target. She's going to come after you. You're going to have to kill her, or you're, it's going to be a power play where you're going to have to kill her just because, like, she got you to kill her boss. So, <laughs> I mean, if you can take her boss... That early in the game, you know that, okay, well, it's not going to be that hard to take her down, obviously. So, of course, you hear rumblings that there's stuff going on. And then I thought it was pretty cool how you meet the ghost that is your great-grandfather mm -hmm. or some I think great-grandfather. Yeah, so you meet him and he was a very powerful Sith um, Sith whatever and so he gives you a whole bunch of information because she starts training some new apprentices without telling you in his old temple ruins place and so he keeps giving you various information on that as well and so eventually you know that you got to take her down so you go to the old temple and sure enough there she is and you find out that she's been masking her appearance just because, you know, being around someone as pretty as me and you with your little tiara, she wanted to look pretty. And she's actually this withered old Sith hag. It's scary too, freaking scary. And you can only go in there as well with, with your chem. It's not explained enough why. It's, oh, don't bring your pirate dude with you, well, Andronicus. Though the way I understand it, the way it was explained is uh, Lord Kallig tells you that Zash has been specifically using these rituals to defend herself against the Force. And Kem is at least Force sensitive. So, he, and when she tells you, don't bring your pirate friend, because she knows that would give you an extreme advantage in that battle. She's protecting herself against the Force, and Dronico's just going to shoot her in the fucking head. Yeah, I know that, but I, right. it wasn't enough, I, I thought. But anyways... So then, pro tip: 
give Kem gear after you <laughs> Yes. Especially if you're tank spec like he is. Yeah. <laughs> so I could I could eat a lot of storms. I just could never kill her. <laughs> I did it earlier than you as well, and it took me three tries, and I finally did beat her. I beat her at level thirty, I think. And but it was a tough freaking fight and you need to use every one of your interrupts that you've got as soon as it's off cooldown interrupt what she's doing because she's doing something all the time and basically what what's happening now is that zash wants to take over your body she's gotten all these data crawlings all of this information and all that so that she can cast this massive spell so that she could leave her decrepit body behind and use you as a vessel so you fight her and when you win the fight eventually even if you have to call in friends to help you like some people then she still says in typical fashion oh you have not won this and she's going to take you anyways and last ditch effort and she starts to zap you and chem dives in to protect you and it slashes her down and kills her in so doing however <laughs> the spell goes a little awry and now instead of going into your body she goes into chem val's body Dun, dun, dun. So now all of a sudden you've got Zash's voice coming out of Kem. And I got to tell you, I was not expecting this. The fight was the fight was very difficult for me. But again, it was partially because I was so low level. But I've been enjoying doing that, challenging myself by going way low level for shit. But it was like really building up. And it was like, so when I finally beat her on the third try, it was like, whoa. I tell you, bitch. And then when this happened, it was like, what the hell? <laughs> I loved it. To hear Zash's voice coming out in like an echo from Kem Val was, I, it just, it made me giggle. But then what's better is that later on when you're doing questing, she's always there now. And at points, she's, Kem is fighting for control of his body all the time. He hates that she's stuck in him. And sometimes you have the option of zapping Kem just to bring her out. And you don't have to, which changes the questing and, 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 and what's going to happen, which I love because, it again, it opens things up to choice. But, yeah, you can zap Kem to bring her out. So then, yeah, you, you get her come out, which is epic, but then... It's, it's followed immediately by what you were just saying with now you've got apprentices. Yeah, and I, I, this is what I've been enjoying so much because Zash set everything up that when she's inhabiting your body, she's still going to be in a place of power. So from here on, whenever I'm interacting with somebody who Zash has set up, like uh, the guy on Terrace... I'm playing it as if I'm Zash, you know, trying to like fool them and this and that really fun. But you get the apprentices come in saying, oh, Lord Zash knew she was going to have to give her life so that you could have. No, <laughs> she's like, I love the, the, the one of the options is, do you really think she's that selfless? You know, I doubt that had much to do with it. And then at the end, when uh, what's his name? Yeah, him. To, turns to all the other apprentices and just speaks like bow before your new master and they all get down on their knees and plant their faces in the ground and the camera pans back <laughs> awesome absolutely awesome because you go from the slave 
It's like freaking Gladiator, the slave who became a Sith, who became a Lord, who became. And now, well, you're still a Lord, but you got people now. You got peeps. <laughs> you got you got folks to do shit for you. And not just the, the numbnuts on Nar Shaddaa. They're useless. <laughs> no, these people here, you, hey, they're good. One of them had her uses. Yeah, well. <laughs> And she won't leave you alone because of it now. <laughs> <laughs> she keeps sending me friggin' emails. I, I get the emails all the time, but I didn't nail anybody, so that's... <laughs> I scared the shit out of the big dude with the scar Stage across the face. five, Klinger. <laughs> so, yeah. It, it, it does end in this... And when I'm saying epic, again, I'm not talking about just the fight with Zash. I'm not talking about when she takes over Cam or, or any... The entirety of the event was just blew my mind it was just so much fun so epic and it's true when you get your your peeps when you got your apprentices and they're all bowing down i got i got kem kem introduced me and he's like <laughs> bow down bitches and it was like that's right i got people now it was you can it's like that sith power creeping into your blood it was like oh this is gonna be fun so so yeah, I having finished the Smuggler Act One, and then comparing it to this, as much as I loved the end of the Smuggler stuff, it didn't compare to this. I, I mean, I thought that when the Smuggler got his ship, but that was just the ending of the Second Planet. That I thought was epic. I thought that was phenomenal because it had been two planets in the making. But the actual ending to Act One, though a lot of fun and cool, wasn't nearly this raising the back of the, the hairs on the back of your neck a little bit yeah it, it, like we like i talked about previously um the the scene with the jedi crafting their lightsaber how everything just worked together to make it that perfect moment same thing here everything worked together the speech the story the music it all came together in that great moment yeah definitely very cool and then from there you do wind up going to terrace to get your little padawan I thought that though the little Padawan stuff started off kind of cool, it kind of, I had some problems with the way they made it work. Mm -hmm. I, I constantly was thinking, like, because initially when you see that she's got these little things that would make her just ripe for a Sith to take her on, but there's not enough true evil in her or anything that the Sith can make use of. It, it just never makes sense that she joins the team. Like, because I'd always be, you know, pushing her and prodding her. Like, I never took the direct route of, you know, shocking her or this or that. I was oh, trying I did. to. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was trying to take the Palpatine route and, you know, just, you know, put those thoughts into her head. And every time I thought I was getting somewhere, she would just kind of shake it off. But then I'd tell her to go, you know, go summon the ghost anyway. Oh, okay. Like, it just seemed a little clunky in its execution. It never. It never felt smooth for me. God, she's so fucking dumb. <laughs> oh, she's a, she's basically a. I don't want to say blonde because my wife would hit me in the back of the head. But the stereotypical blonde cheerleader, like you know, young girl that is not that bright. That's what she comes off as all the time. And I find it's funny because if you dismiss her, it's. I hope I haven't done anything to displease you. You dismiss Kim, I'm going to break your jaw to make room for my dick. That's, he is mad at you all the time. I'm going to eat you alive. Her, I hope I haven't done anything to displease you. Shut up. Nobody can be that cute. You're not a puppy. <laughs> like At least thus far, because I'm continuing to quest with her, because... I do want to see, you know, the interactions with her as part of the questing, because I would love to have, you know, 
that corrupting influence on her. And so far, no matter what I have done, I have yet to register a response out of her. It is hard, yes. Like all these people like, oh, she hates everything I do. She might as well not be there. (laughs) Well, see, that's what I said a lot about Andronikos as well. For the most part, I find that I don't get a response from him. I can can be as evil as I want or not. There's only a few things that I get minus responses from. But uh, but freaking Kim, man, I get a response for everything I do with Kim. So as much as he's a pain in the ass and he takes up the entire freaking screen, at least he's interactive. He's there. He's threatening you all the time, calling you his little sis. But uh, yeah, a little disappointed. It's funny because I was just playing on my Imperial Agent for a little bit today and I'm working towards getting the second companion for him. And already the lead up to that second companion for the Imperial Agent is freaking awesome. Unbelievably cool. And I'm just really disappointed in, I mean, so far most of the Sith Inquisitor companions aren't really, they're not that great. Yeah, and I do have to kind of agree with what you said, that for anybody who's romancing Ashura, that's a little creepy. (laughs) Unless you yourself are a teenage boy, you should not be. It's wrong, and you shouldn't do it. Don't do it, okay? (laughs) I will come and punch you in the nads, because it's just not right. (laughs) Oh, by the way, for folks who are interested, I'll put a link in the show notes. It's not there now, but I'll put it in. Um, Jason P. Sinister on Twitter. We've had him on the uh, the podcast. No, we haven't had him on this one, have we? No. No. Okay. Anyways, I, I've done a lot of wild stuff with him, and I'm going to have him on the Droidcast as well. He's been playing the Old Republic like crazy. His wow guides are phenomenal. He actually wrote some guides for us when we were bowed on to us, and they were fantastic. Fantastic. Well, now he's writing guides for the Old Republic, and he actually wrote uh, a page also on the Companions and giving you a ton of information on the Companions, not just what they like and different things like that, but also when you can expect to get them, which is very useful for people. So I'll make sure that I put that in the show notes and definitely check it out and leave him a comment. He's a lot of hard work, and it's it uh, deserves our thanks. Okay, moving on from there, let's stay with Bioware and briefly touch on Mass Effect before we stop the show, because we got a look at a new, speaking of companions, a new crewmate for Shepard, and... Initially, when I read about this, I was kind of like, meh. But then I watched the video and was like, okay, it looks kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, so we got this little introduction to uh, at least the one new crewmate they've shown off this far, James Vega, who prior to everything just seemed, you know, stereotypical, faux-hawked dude bro. <laughs> but now that we're actually getting into his character, I'm seeing some depth there. Um Half of this video is Freddie Prinze Jr. just talking about how awesome Mass Effect is because... It is. But we're getting to the insight they're giving to Vega, how he's, you know, your stereotypical just soldier, you know, follows his orders, does what he does, very stoic, but because that's what he has to do to get the mission done. And he he does what he feels it needs to be done and shows no emotion. But then afterwards is kind of when the things sink in for him. And I think that's a very interesting way compared to how just about every other character has been handled in mass effect. Whatever you make a decision, one of these knuckleheads is going to chime in with their point of view. I like that Vega is just going to go along with what you say, you know, follow your orders. But then afterwards, when you have that downtime on the ship, that's when his character really comes out. And I'm finding that to be a pretty interesting way to go about it. 
Definitely. That's something that really stood out for me. I, I love that because it is more in line with what a soldier would do kind of thing. At mm-hmm. least the idea of what you think they would do. And I gotta say, I like uh, what they showed off to his, uh, his conversation with Shepard. They're not just standing there talking to each other. They're, they're having, you know, your Mass Effect conversation while they're sparring. That's a nice little touch, too. Yeah. Joe, what'd you think of this? Honestly, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it yet. Like, there's some nice touches, but I don't know if I'm really jazzed about new crew quite yet because, well, I don't know. Fear and fear and Mass Effect makes me, you know, afraid. I don't know why, but it does. But, hey, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it yet. <laughs> okay, well, that was beyond, useful. beyond that, there, there were, this is some of the first new footage we've seen from the game since, what, E3 last year? And there's a couple things in there that I kind of latched onto is interesting. Uh, what looked like uh, Shepard interacting with the Rachni Queen, assuming you didn't kill her in the first game. So that's something not just spanning from the two to three, but from one all the way to three. And then I love how in the giant war, here comes the cavalry of the Makos <laughs> coming <Yeah>. over the <laughs> ridge. That, I laughed. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what's funny is that, and I put it in the show notes, a link to the Connect video that shows the integration with the Connect. And I did you boys order your your, your collectors yet of this pre order? Yes. They, they sent me an email saying, "Hey, we noticed you haven't pre ordered yet." I'm like, "Oh shit, that's right." <laughs> <laughs> I haven't yet, and it's because. I was positive I was getting the PC version because I played one and two on the PC and it looks so much better, plays better and everything. And yet, uh, dude, I, I haven't ordered yet because I'm torn. I really, really want to play this with the Kinect to see just how much cooler. We've been talking about me, especially about we need Kinect games that are, are doing it right and are, you know, so when something comes out, I want to try it. And so... Uh, I'm torn which one to get because <laughs> I want to be able to import my saves, my other ones. I won't be able to do that if I buy the Connect one. If I'm remembering correctly, and I might not be, there was some sort of program somebody had uh, made that allowed you to build a save for Mass Effect 2 that could be transferred over. I Really? I'm not 100% on that. I think it might have only been for the PC version, but uh, it, I think it might be possible. Because I know you can dick around with your PC save. You can mm-hmm. do a lot of stuff. Obviously, I did. I had to. Um, I was not going to be freaking scanning planet after planet after yeah. the first time. Once was enough. So I know that you could do that, but I didn't know that you could actually import it onto your 360. I think it required a little bit of shenanigans, but I think I remember reading about some people doing it. My, my 360 is not shenaniganed out. It's not. Well, it, it, it's not even all that difficult anymore now that you can just plug in a freaking USB drive. That's true. That is true. Okay. Well, something to consider. Anyways, with that, we are actually going to call it a wrap. We did have a little bit of Diablo 3 news, but we'll cover that next week instead because we've been going on long enough. So thanks to everybody who came out to join us, and we will have the podcast out shortly, of course, if you need to reach us, forthelore at gmail.com or on Twitter at forthelore. And so with that, we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. It's been an interesting week, let me tell you that. I've gone from one end of the galaxy to the other, making way for myself, earning credits, killing people, kicking ass and taking names. It's all the life of a bounty hunter. It's glamorous, and something that can't really match with the thrill of any other thing.
That's what Old Order does it for. So you ask yourself, how am I preparing to end this great hunt? Well, truth is, I got myself a few leads. Got myself a Mandalorian whelp to kill. Tarot blood. Got myself a great hunt to win. And I'm going to be the top. And you can bet on that. So far I've managed to eliminate everybody else. I'm pretty sure Tarot Blood's the only one standing between me and ultimate victory. I hear my last mark's going to be extra tough. Oh, I hope so. Everything up to this point's been a joke. Midget aliens. <laughs> Governors. <laughs> Nobles. They're nothing. They're absolutely nothing. They crumble before the sight of a blaster. Now, maybe it'll be one of those Jedis. Now them, they don't quit. They don't know better. They keep trying. You punch a hole straight through them and they just keep coming. Ah, that's the glory. Take down one of those force-wielding bastards. Swing their lightsabers around. You, pop your shield, throw some rockets, take some blasters out. Oh, that would be glorious. Hopefully, hopefully I'll take on one of those. The Universal will remember your name then. Everybody knows about the Jedi and the Sith. But you don't hear about those bounty hunters too often. Those epic stories of battle and loss and wins and wars. You don't hear about them. You don't hear about the Mandalorians anymore. Nope. You hear about the Jedi. You hear about the Sith. Well, I'm better than both. Not afraid of any Sith. Not afraid of any of uh, those silly little Jedis with their little robes and sparkly lights. So, making my last preparations. Thinking, thinking I'm going to buy Mako a little something nice just in case. Not that I expect to not come back, y'all. But, she's been real good. I feel bad for her. She lost Brayden after all. She's a sweet girl. A little weird at times. Definitely growing on me. She wants that revenge for uh, Brayden pretty, pretty hard. I don't blame her. He's willing to give me a shot. That tarot blood, if I can, I'll rip his insides out. I'll blast him in the face. I'm gonna make him an example. And then, when he's begging for death, I don't know. Might light up a good old smoke, sit down, and watch the blood just run out. Haven't really decided. But I figure, might get me some extra credits over there on the market. I hear Nashadar has a real big snuff film market. And somebody like Tarot Blood, well, you know, he's pissed off quite a few people. I could probably make an easy penny. So that's right, by the next time you uh, you hear from me, I'll be the winner of the Great Hunt, Slayer of Tarot Blood, and I will be the next champion of the Mandalore. Yeah, Chump sends me a freaking aim message saying dibs on the DDO feature stuff. <laughs> and I said, you're not allowed to call dibs <laughs> on anything <laughs> when you haven't provided a single show note in an entire week. So he says, do either of you 
play DDO? I said, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Vince, maybe. I know I don't. But I was not going to let him have it easily. That's what I'm saying. As opposed to Dart. <laughs> and freaking Kim is... I've got more faith in Kalio's tanking than his. <laughs> Kalio's a tougher tank than he is. Kalio, like, will take a freaking beating and still has left health left over. The, the, the whole Fauna quest line that... <laughs> yeah. That... <laughs> can, can you imagine if you've been doing that last quest with Joe instead of me? Because oh. you know he would have won that fucking roll and she would have walked away. Yeah, bastard. <laughs> I would have hit escape. And done it by yourself. <laughs> yeah. Did you catch that uh, interview where he was talking about like some of the uh, class quests were inspired by certain movies? Yeah. Yeah. Big Trouble. <laughs> as soon as he China. said the smuggler was Big Trouble in Little China, I was like, Yeah. <laughs> this, oh, dude, I I miss it. I I got my legacy on him, and then I stopped playing him so that I could concentrate on the Imperial, because all you bastards are playing Imperial. Um, and so I stopped, and then I was like, ah, I miss playing him. And, but I always go back to do my, my, especially my slicing on him to make money for that side. And, uh, and so then I thought, oh, I'll do a few quests on him. It was one night. And Act 2 is like a big departure from Act 1. And so I started the stuff, and it was freaking epic. It was awesome. I'm in a freaking bar kind of thing on a on a frigate kind of thing in the middle of space. All hell's breaking loose. I got I got Chewy with me, Bowda, and we're we're fighting through all this stuff. And it was just this epic. You can see again Han Solo doing this kind of crap, or Captain Malak kind of thing. It was just beyond cool. And you're like, oh damn, I miss playing this guy. Can you imagine what level I'd be if I was playing more than one character? Oh, no kidding. Yeah, I know. Um, but the other one is the hard one. The other one is, yeah, because I, I didn't finish that one anyways, but that's not the hard one. The hard one <laughs> is the freaking minefield. And it is ballistic. It is freaking, and it's in an, an asteroid field as well. But an asteroid field that's even harder to navigate through than the other one. Like, I seriously, like, Freak Andronicus must have been screaming at me from bashing the ship into all of the asteroids. <laughs> what the hell you don't let me drive? I made it to the end. I had like I think it was like it might have been a four, it might have been like fourteen seconds left before it was like clear or whatever. But I made it. And that's I, what I mine used to do. Count. Yeah, that's what mine used to do as well. But that's not <laughs> getting to the close to the end isn't finishing it. True. <laughs> you don't get experience for getting close to the end, but you know very, very true. Your, your, your dude on your escort ship is giving you the finger before he dies. 